0: If you want to pump your body and expand your mind, there's only one place to go: Mind Pump. Mind Pump with your hosts Sal De Stefano,
1: Adam Schaefer, and Justin Andrews. You know, I still like our idea of doing porn ads. Okay? <laughs> that was a that was a fail. that was <laughs> that a, was a fa- that was a failure. That, that well, was a fa- was, was it, or it, or did we just not, you know? funnel it well here, it was a failure we know what. here's <laughs> it, the deal it was a people <laughs>
2: people do not like to type with one hand when they're trying to go to a and uh, get a product yeah. Yeah. and uh you know hands are occupied when you're looking it's at porn true. right Doug very, very true you know exactly what I'm talking Yo, about
0: I thought it was a. I thought it was an extremely clever and fun idea to explore though which the, that's the fun part about being an entrepreneur you get to do things like that just like how we explored <laughs> the option of hiring a social media expert to come in and, and uh, <laughs> the
2: porn ads I can't be, believe we did that that was really <laughs> I, I, <laughs> when was Justin awesome.
0: said I'll never forget when he said that I thought man uh, that is and then he said the, the dollar amount was well
1: that's what that's what really like intrigued me I was like well Cost per click was, Dude, was so. It, it's unreal the, the amount of impressions you get for the amount of money you put into it. That's all I was thinking about. But, like, yeah, they're, <laughs> they're literally. Only the companies that were related to porn were doing well. Yeah, like, you can't come in and be like, "Yeah, we're we're into fitness." Because you
0: know why they're they're just watching porn that, that yeah. we populate. They click over in hopes they're gonna get another porn, and they get some fucking nerdy yeah. guys talking about fitness. <laughs> hey,
1: we're kidding. entertaining too. Put that cock away. Yeah? <laughs> yeah, yeah, we got stuff to talk about. Yeah, nothing makes you want to come like yeah. listening to my. And then, and then they then they
0: yeah. purposely don't buy anything because you killed their boner. So the other they Exactly. Extra, they're extra pissed. You done know. orgasming? Orgasm in your brain? I don't know if we killed their boner. Oh yeah, do you, hey, you remember when Sal used to I say don't that? Know if
2: we killed it, do you remember uh, when you used to say
0: that? What? Uh, that uh, mind pump gives you mind pump gives you boners. Is that what you used yeah, to say? Mi- mind
2: boners. <laughs> yeah, or something like what did
0: you say? You Used to say that when we sign off back in the back. I don't remember. We should revisit some old episodes and hear some <laughs> stupid shit that we used to yeah, say, we, say. Already, we, yeah. we
2: were crazy. You don't need then. to go back that far to listen to stupid. <laughs> uh, I know. Uh, <laughs> like last week. What was it? The
1: one we did a whole episode on blowjobs. Somebody like who's that? What idea was that. Adam? I don't know. I was like, <laughs> Whoa. This sounds like a good idea. You
0: know, and it, it just shows you how different we all are because we all have different circles. Obviously, because I get a lot of people—at least me—that uh, that come up to me and say. <laughs> Hey, I love when you guys talk about stuff other than fitness. Like, I love your your conversations that actually have no point to them, that are off the wall, that are just hilarious. And I don't give a shit about all the fitness stuff. (laughs) So I actually have a lot of people that tell me that. So uh, and I actually think Justin's the best at making us revisit shit like that, because sometimes we do. We get on our kicks where we're we got a lot to say about science or fitness. We're battling some doctor right now with shit. So we want to talk shit because we have a platform. It gets
1: too serious. I think. And and I I love giving people information, especially because like this is what I eat, sleep, and breathe like all day long. I think for me, I like to visit and just like escape it for a minute, you know, and just have have uh, more of a silly kind of vibe every now and then. But like you know, like that's that's not selfish at all, right? Yeah, I just I, I <laughs> want it to be that way. He's like it's, it's my fucking radio Listen, show, guys, and this is what I want to talk about today. Let's regardless- turn it back in this direction. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Stop being so serious and shit. Is it? Huh?
0: No.
2: It's back. It's the motherfucking quad. That's right. Quick 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 I still can't do it. I, just, I fuck up after three of them. Wait, Somebody on, was man. like, "It's
1: the motherfucking quad." <laughs> yeah. All right, Justin got his in. There it is. That's good. Is that tag. yours? Yeah.
2: That's your tagline. I'm, I'm trying, trying it out. One of many. Right. You're trying it out. Yeah. yeah.
1: I, I did do quads. So I'll take care for that. It is yep. <laughs> excellent. All right, Stephen one two three four is asking when is it a good time to incorporate extended pauses into a workout?
2: Oh, I think he's talking about in the, during an exercise. Pause squats. Yeah, so like pausing uh, the rep at mm-hmm. a particular portion uh, at a particular time during the rep. The best the best way to utilize pauses. Is in positions uh, where you you need the most help. Right. Help, you're, you're like sticking points. Yeah. So if I if I'm not good at uh, my squats at the bottom, I'll take a light weight. I'll go down into a squat and I'll sit at that bottom position for three to five seconds, real tight, and just stabilize mm-hmm. it, and then come up. And what ends up happening is I end up building more strength in that position that I pause the weight. Right. You could do this with almost any exercise. I mean, if I have issues with the top portion or the the of the, the deadlift, I can come up with the deadlift halfway, pause, stay tight, and then finish the deadlift. No. It's all
1: about that neuromuscular connection. You're right. really trying to yeah, get that recruitment and um yeah, you can use this with all kinds of different exercises if if that's your issue. Like you can feel a sort of a hitch in your in your chain. Uh, I do this all the time, but really, I that's that's the most of the majority of when I will use this technique is when I know that like uh, there's some kind of issue and it's not fluid, and I want to address it.
0: So, how much truth is really a, to what you just said, though? Uh, as far as helping you out, that's of that. a nice way. Of <laughs> it. I, mean, I yeah. disagree with your yeah. bullshit. no, well, no, no. It's not that I don't. It's not that I disagree, but I just want. <laughs> I want to be careful on how we how we present this right now because uh, you know, you tell somebody like, oh, pause squats are great for breaking those plateaus, right? You you get it is sticking points. Uh, but what I don't know is this person's past history of working out, and maybe one they've never even ran maps. Maybe they're on a body part split, and breaking you through that plateau, you'll be more bene- you, You'll see more benefit by. Uh, following a program like a full body workout, you know, three times a week, than you will adding pause squats into your. Of
2: routine. course, no, no. no. When, when we're talking about pause squats, you're talking about a, a more of an advanced technique, yeah, and that's you know, like chains and bands and all those other things. There's more advanced techniques.
0: So I want to ma- I want to make that clear, and that's another thing that I don't like about how uh, a lot of fitness people take a, a bit of science and then they try and wrap something around it and sell it to people and. You know, there's pause, pause sets are have their place and can be utilized. And everybody in this room absolutely does use them. But there's there's phases of things and there's steps that you want to take before you even go to that point is what I'm trying to get across. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I think I on the forum, I posted the, the fit principle as an answer for somebody, frequency, intensity, time and type of exercise that you do. Uh, and it should be kind of manipulated in that order first. You know, so frequency is going to make the biggest difference uh, as far as your gains, whether whatever you're trying to do, uh, and then intensity, and then the time over duration. So, then, and when you're messing with pause squats, you're now manipulating time and tempo. Time under, te- under yeah, tension. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So, that, that's what you're phasing. So, if you haven't uh, upped your frequency, you haven't upped your intensity, uh, you haven't done those things first. Uh, and really uh, worked on your program design in in those senses. Adding pause squats, uh, is it going to show more benefit than you increasing frequency on on a muscle group? Of course not. Of course not. No. Uh, or intensity? Uh, of course not. If you can if you can do a uh, heavier load through full range of motion, uh, more often and more frequently, uh, you'll see more gains breaking through that plateau than you ever will from pause squats. So that's the mm-hmm. point that I wanted to make. Yeah, okay. it's
2: it's one of those, uh, it's just one of those tools that you can use. Um, that uh, before you reach for it, um, look at the big, uh, you know, the big tools, the, the ones that make the biggest impact. Like Adam was saying, but I've yeah. I've had really good success with pauses uh, during a repetition with both myself and then some of my more advanced clients, like Adam's saying. These are clients where we've manipulated all the other factors already, and now we're in the stages of using things like chains and bands and pausing at different po- parts of the rep. I would never consider using any of these techniques on 90% of the people that yeah. I train.
1: Well, I, I think too that, you know, like for me, doing a, a cable chest fly or something like that, where just as an example, I know that I want to feel connection. I want to feel. You know that uh, the right recruitment is happening, and so a lot of times, like I'll really slow the reps down, and so that's that's a whole technique in itself, just slowing down. But I I'll get to a point where I'm I'm in a full state of contraction. I'm going to hold it there, and so I'm getting that mind muscle connection that way too. But um, you know, you just have to understand what it is that you're using it for. I think it, it would be the point that that's I would a, say that's an
0: excellent point because you bring up a great point right there, which is. You know, that has nothing to do with gains or breaking through a plateau. That's just you trying to teach your body how to connect better with the muscle groups. Yeah, I want a better response. Yeah, I think that's – an and that's definitely something that I would do too. Like sometimes if I'm doing a new movement or I'm trying something different, I'm going to go really lightweight and I'm going to go super extra slow with a pause in there, everything. Because I'm trying to feel where I want to feel it and understand and make sure my biomechanics are correct. And those things are my focus. Uh, So. Yeah, if you're going to apply something like pause squats or you know, pausing sets into anything that you do, you know, have a purpose behind it. You know, have a purpose and understanding what you're trying to accomplish. Uh, there is no magic behind it of it, it giving you these super gains or plateau breakers that would supersede other things that are more important.
2: Exactly.
1: Ross McHale is asking when you should deload. So deloading. Your face. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, deload horrible. as I far as uh,
0: you take, taking off like if uh, you've been lifting heavy for a while and then now it's time to, to
2: Just deloading de- from a performance standpoint in a nutshell would be like working out easier. You're just you're just reducing the intensity, we're reducing the load, maybe reducing the frequency or all those things. When should you deload? Well, ideally, if you're you know really good at programming your program, you deload before you reach the point when you're forced to. Mm -hmm. So before you start to plateau or before you start to notice um, negative effects, um, that would be ideal, but that requires a lot of planning. Very intuitive mindset. Yeah, it requires planning. It requires expert programming. Uh, You know, a lot of our programs are all phased. You know, all the mass programs are phased for this particular reason. But really, deloading can happen anytime. You could be in the middle of a great phase in your workout and you come in and you just feel tired. You feel crappy. You didn't get much sleep the night before. Maybe you're getting sick. Maybe you you know you're you're more sore than you normally are. Mm-hmm. That's a great time to deload. Um, rarely should you take a day off from the gym. Uh, in those you know, illness is a good time to take a day off, or injury is a good time to take a day off, or like extreme fatigue or whatever. But a lot of times, you're better off just doing an easy workout, which would be a deload. You know, you go in and. Do an easy workout for a few days or maybe even a week. Um, and what you'll find is you not only will not lose gains, but sometimes you'll actually progress during that deload uh-huh. uh, period. So that's that's how I like to utilize it. And I, I'll i deload clients out of the uh, just out of the spur. I'll watch a client squat and we'll do a weight that they can normally do no problem for six reps. And by the third rep, I'm watching them and I'm like, they don't look as strong as they normally do. I'll stop the set right there. All right, let's stop real quick. We're going to go light. We're going to focus on range of motion. We're going to change some of your exercises. So you have to be prepared to um, to deload and to change your routine um, at a moment's notice. You have to be ready to do it. Don't be so stuck on what you're supposed to do that day. Well, that's
1: a good point, too, because like you want to be able to go through and um, – what was I going to say? I totally forgot what I was going to say. <laughs> I'm done. It's been it. a while since I'm you've done, done. that. <laughs>
0: it's been so long since you've done I that. I know. I was on a roll. Well, isn't Ross, isn't Ross a uh, trainer, right? I believe yeah. he is because he. The question it was longer than that. I believe he much was, longer. He's I, talking about a
2: client. Yeah, I believe
0: I believe he was more concerned because they he has a client going through. He's taking right. a client through maps, and he's wondering if, when he should deload. And he was actually saying some of the things that uh, that he pays attention to them feedback from them, which I would think that is the best answer. Is you know, even though maps is phased and it's designed that way to so where we're kind of naturally deloading you in it. That's the whole purpose of the phases and the way they're ordered. Uh, but if for some reason your client's giving you feedback that, man, my joints are killing me. I feel inflamed, and you're, and they're giving you all these signals that are telling you that, hey, maybe they're going a little too hard uh, on their body right now, and then I'm going to transition them out of that, which. Um, you know, I'm not going to get into further stuff like that, but the, you know, there's there's further creations of maps that address certain things yeah. like that, where we'll be going into stuff like that. So, well, even I
1: remember what I was going to oh, say. Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah, is that <laughs> why was that, that yeah. what remind you there? Like, no, no, I was just thinking like when when Sal was talking about like still going through the movements and and making sure that you know it's probably better not to like completely take the day off as rest, like you're still telling your body that it, you're prioritizing the movement and you're prioritizing the work, even if it's a, if, if it's a lighter load that you're, you're producing, mm-hmm. you're, you're still keeping that because your body always wants to make all of your movements, uh, uh, you know, efficient. And so, you know, once you turn that signal off and you turn that, a uh, uh, movement off, like it, 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 your body starts to adapt in a different direction. And so it's like saying, you know, that's not going to be a priority as much anymore. Whereas if I was still going through those movements, you know, I step back in and I add more load, you know, I'm going to have a lot better result because I've still, you know, producing that.
2: Well, I always, I've always said, look at your workouts, um, as if you're going in there to send a signal to the body. Um, and yes, that's true, 100. Uh, percent But there's also a second part to working out, and that's look at it as practice. So what do I mean by that? You know, if I'm if I'm a, an athlete and I'm a football player, um, and I'm practicing, I'm a quarterback and I'm practicing, you know, throwing the ball. Um, and I'm tired today, and I can't go, you know, scrimmage or whatever. I can still go and practice throwing the ball and throwing perfect passes. Well, if you're in the gym, and you're you're not going to be sending a very big signal because you're tired or whatever, so you need to do a deload workout, you can still practice the movements. I've gotten gains from doing this. I've gotten gains from going in and going light and just perfecting my form on my deadlift or my squat or my bench press or whatever. So there's a lot more that you get from your workout um, other than just simply sending a signal. That's the ultimate uh, thing that you're doing. But there's other signals that you'll be sending as well. And one of those signals is to practice the movements. And you'll find by doing that, that you'll actually improve when you are ready to hit the gym a little harder.
0: Well, it's, uh, this is exactly um, how I train my body. And it's hard to explain it because everyone – I got just asked this literally like a day ago about, um, oh, do you only – because MAPS is only three days a week in the gym, Adam. Are you only in the gym three days a week? And No, I'm in the gym seven days a week, majority of the time. Every once in a while I get sick or something happens or we get so busy I take a day off. But it's it's rare. And the reason that is, it's not because I'm like super intense guy training hardcore every single day. It's because there's always something I could be working on, you know, whether it be my mobility, whether it be perfecting form and something. Or maybe it is a day I'm getting after it. Or maybe it's a day I'm just de-stressing and de-loading every day. I'm going there because I want that routine of being there. But I'm learning to use the program design that you have, like my foundation. And then around that, listen to my body and learn to make adjustments accordingly. Which I, I, I believe is something that we we continue to try and, and and preach about is that, you know, it's not just about following a program. It's about having having a good guidelines and understanding, you know, how you should program design for yourself and learn to listen to your body and address it accordingly. So, you know, I, you know, and I, and I love when we get questions like this, because this is the type of stuff I do like us to talk about, because. You know, there's so much more to to get into that. And, you know, we're, we're barely scratching the surface with the first three maps that are out right now. Like, you know, it's not like that's complete. You know, there's more to there's more to to all this process. And, you know, we're going to get there. And these are great questions that are leading up to,
1: you know, where we're going. Adam J. Castro is asking, how much time do you give yourself to cut before a competition?
2: Well, I guess uh me and Justin mm, are just yeah, they got back a whole here. lot of input here. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he, he's not
0: t- he's not talking about Justin's cheerleading competition. No, I, it's coming up. Oh he didn't yeah. want to cut for that. They wanted you know what? him, I don't they wanted him to, to be heavy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Ah, they, would, they put me on the bottom. Because you're a base. Yeah. Yeah. You're definitely not a flyer. Hey, I'm all about that. Base. <laughs> <Can you imagine laughs> that Justin base. just slipping through the air <laughs>
2: and, and landing on a cheerleader. <laughs> oh my gosh, she's dead. Go,
0: team go. <laughs> <laughs> uh how much time do you give yourself uh to cut before competition? Um well, how much time I give myself and my my clients uh, is everyone's different. Um, and the the first and foremost way I I would uh, decide that would be where you carry your current body fat percentage at. Um, if you're somebody who walks around, I like to keep myself somewhere between uh, realistically seven and nine percent body fat. Um, maybe I creep up to ten at my very worst right now. Uh, ass. So, so for me, <laughs> that that basically means I'm, I'm eight to 10 weeks, uh, out from a show. So if I'm, if you know, I, and it, that's very generic, the way I use that, it's not like this crazy formula to crack that, uh, it's very realistic to lose anywhere from a half a percent to a percent of body fat a week. Is there people that lose more than that? Absolutely. Is there people that lose less than that? Absolutely. Um, it's a, it's a pretty generic guide that I, I use, I know my body and I know how fast I can do it. But when I'm using a client, I normally assess where they're at, um, body fat percentage wise. And then I say, this is probably about how long we are now hundred percent, you know, uh, why I make people, you know, they have to sign up with me prior to getting ready for a show. You cannot hire me, uh, 12 weeks out from a show and start coaching someone because I also know too, that what you did leading up to the cut. Uh, has a lot to do with your success of the cut. So um, there's a lot of factors that come into play here on how your diet was leading up to that. You could have uh, metabolic mm-hmm. damage. You could be somebody who's um, you know over-consuming, unbalanced, over-training, uh, a lot of stress. There's a lot of things that... I would want to see before, before I give you a, a solid number. But it's pretty general that you can expect uh, a half a percent to a percent body fat is a realistic number to lose per week. Would
2: you guys remember?
1: No cuts, no butts, no coconuts.
2: <laughs> <laughs> would you uh, what would you recommend for off season, Adam? Like how because you said you, you typically will start dieting and you're at about nine, 10 percent at the highest. Yeah. You recommend people start at that? Because I mean it would suck to cut from like 16% to, to a show. Well, yeah, cuz then you can't really
0: apply what we we talk and we we firmly believe in, which is mini cuts and mini bulks, is uh not running for in a deficit for a long period of time because your body starts to stall out. It gets adapted. Yeah. So if you're running a cut and you're running a cut for 12, 16 weeks, which I hear is very common especially in the bikini girl world, well, guess what? Comes week 6 and 8, man, it shit is, which is why you hear all these coaches too just ramping up the intensity, two hours oh, yeah. of cardio, starving. So they have left to do. That's all they have left yeah. to do because the body has become so adapted to that low of a deficit, that much training, that they have to get crazier. So, um, yeah, no, you would not ideally want to start a, a cut for a show um, outside of you know 10% body fat and for a female probably outside of 15 to 17%. Okay. You would want to get yourself – uh, healthy. You want to be
2: relatively lean. first. Yes,
0: you want to get yourself there. Which is uh, the if you guys don't remember or not, but when I before I cut, I trained for a year before I decided to. get on. And and all the coaches, which was ironic when I was going around talking to my buddies that are coaches and stuff of like that, were all telling me I needed to get on stage right away. Oh, get on stage right away, cut for show. I'm like, I, one, I don't think my physique is ready. I'm not dialed in. So I spent a year getting in shape and i got myself all the way down to seven percent body fat with no intentions of hobby on the stage yet just to prove to myself and to figure my yep. metabolism out and see and get but myself i could
1: see their point because if you would have gone then the judges would have liked you more because you would have been raw talent versus you coming in just destroying everybody.
0: Yeah, And they would have gotten like that. They would have got the money from me to watch me progress and go through the whole process. And yeah. And that's why they, probably the main reason why they said that, but I had other plans on what I thought was best uh, for me as far as health wise and the smartest strategy to learning my physique and learning what I need to do for it. So yeah, you know, you need to definitely be in a position where, you know, I wouldn't even cut for a show either until you've pretty much gotten yourself down to almost stage ready uh, body fat w- without a date in mind. You know, just so you can see because I see these numbers like, oh, I can I can drop a half a percent to a percent out for uh, from a show a week. Well, if you don't know what your number is, you don't want to go off of mine just because that's mine. You know, maybe you you are stubborn that way. Maybe you have done a lot of yo-yo dieting in the past and, and your body's not as responsive as mine. Mine was very responsive because. I had lived a majority of my life in the bulk. I was always the skinny kid who was trying to get big, so I wasn't eating uh, in a deficit. So when I decided to eat a deficit, and I was I was allergic to cardio. So I mean, there was no once I introduced those it makes things, you get all sweaty. <laughs> yeah,
2: you get all sweaty and yeah. Weird. yeah.
0: So when I introduced that, my <laughs> body weird lumps was on his balls. Yeah, very res- oh very responsive. You know, so those these are things that you have to take into consideration. You want to assess. You know, I would I would highly recommend cutting like you're getting ready for a show without a real date in mind, and tracking uh, how long it takes you to reduce body fat.
1: Martine Nicole is asking if there's any benefit to frequent eating. Uh,
2: It was longer than that, wasn't uh, it? Yeah. Well, she was asking about-
0: um, The small meal things that she's been- Yeah.
2: Here's the deal. With with frequency, meal frequency, uh, aside from the individual potential benefit, like you feel better eating more frequently or not, here's where I can see uh, the detriment to eating too infrequently. If somebody's got really bad uh, adrenal fatigue, fasting for too long may not be a good idea. And what I mean by that is uh, you don't need to eat six meals a day, but you might not want to eat less than two. Um, You might not want to go 24-hour fast or 12-hour fast too frequently because that does stimulate a release of some of the catecholamines. It does stimulate the release of you know, like adrenaline, norepinephrine. And if you're already in adrenal fatigue, then you might not, you know, want to continue to do that because it'll, it'll make you feel worse. But other than that, the, the the there is no benefit to frequent eating aside from your own personal, you know, preference. If you enjoy eating more frequently than do so, if you enjoy eating less frequently than do, than do so, the extreme frequent eating does have some detrimental effects. It's been shown now in couple studies that I'm aware of to increase uh, inflammation. Obviously, your gut is constantly processing food. Mm -hmm. If you're eating every two hours, you're eating six, seven meals a day. That's going to be inflammatory. Um, It it could uh, cause gut flora to change um, in unfavorable ways, especially if the way you get your frequent meals is through things like meal replacements and protein powders, which are typically flavored artificially. So um, The whole frequent eating you know, thing uh, really was just it, it was this this real long, uh, you know, kind of trend and fad that and yes, it is a fad. OK, eating small meals throughout the day is a fad. Humans, nobody ate, you know, six meals a day up until, you know, fitness, you know, yeah. p- people it's supported a by ridiculous supplement. abundance
1: that we could you know choose from.
2: Yeah. when supplement companies and, you know, tell, are promoting their athletes are saying, oh, you got to eat six meals a day or you've got, you know, 280 pound bodybuilder who's eating you know, six, 7,000 calories a day who probably needs to eat five or six meals a day because right. it's going to be very difficult to do in, you know, two or three meals. Um, all of a sudden, everybody started doing it, but uh, really no benefit other than that. I mean, if you like to do it, go for it. Be careful of the super frequent eating because um, now science is showing that there's some potential inflammatory effects from it.
0: Well, she, you know, she also said this and I want to address it. She said, from experience putting in an average person who never followed a diet and having them eat smaller meals four to six times a day, A few hours apart uh, really stimulates weight loss and works great. But then, of course, as the body adapts, some hit plateaus.
2: Uh, See, the reason why I want, I would like to see that. I would like to see because all the studies that have compared food to food, um, you know, calorie to calorie showed zero.
0: So that's why I wanted to reiterate that. Just I wanted to make it clear to her that she understands that. Uh, the eating the four to six meals a day did not stimulate fat loss any more so than her split, combining all those into one meal or two meals. Mm-hmm. Uh, had nothing to do with that. More likely what it had to do with was this person was now tracking. They're their, making better choices. They're making better food yeah. choices. They're eating balance more. They see that which. So now here's In something combination
1: that, with their movement
0: where I is. might be different than the boys on here. And I still do this uh, when I teach uh, people how to eat correctly um I actually still put them on a four to six meal plan to start and the only reason why I do that and the only logic behind that now and I'm not and I'm not I'm not adamant on that so if I had someone who says like I, that's very difficult for me adam I 100 percent will adjust for them for three but I normally like to split it up so they can kind of so they learn to see all the different types of foods that I want them getting in their diet and understand how to do that writing a plan for two two meals uh for somebody that's 3,500 calories or 3,000 calories is tough to put that all on a piece of paper and show them all the foods that are important for them to get and how to get that into specific meals, lunch and dinner. And do that. So I normally break it all up just to kind of show this is the array of food that we want to incorporate into your diet. So notice at breakfast, I have these foods and at lunchtime you have these foods and at dinner time we have these and a snack. This is a good choice of foods, Uh, but understand why these are good choices of foods. Then once you understand that concept that you've been doing this for me and it normally takes about 30 to 60 days, I have somebody eating like this. Then I go, okay, well, now uh, all I want you to do is use the principles I've taught you, but now you can eat once, twice, three, four times, whatever you want.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, just understand that those same foods is what your body needs, it's, whether it, you put it in one meal, two meals, or nine meals. It's,
2: you know, it's just coming to me right now that I think it's, it's hilarious, is how if, if I gave you the option of staying lean, fit, same amount of muscle, with two thousand calories or staying lean, same amount of muscle, same performance, everything with four thousand calories. Today, most people would pick four, yeah. but the reality is, the truth is, you have a much bigger evolutionarily uh, evolution you know based uh, advantage with the two thousand calories. Mm-hmm. Um, the reason why we pick why we would prefer to be able to eat more isn't because it makes you healthier. It doesn't. If you took the two, there's really no difference. The difference, and unless you're extreme, right? Unless you have an extremely Messed up metabolism, but the reason why we like the four thousand calorie option is because we just want to fucking eat more food. Well, food is so plentiful, we just want to eat more food. Uh, this is the way I look at it personally. Look, I do enjoy food, but I don't have I don't enjoy eating all day long. I personally would love if I could eat one or two big meals, get you know twenty five hundred calories, three thousand calories, and be cool and get to enjoy my food. Three thousand calories amongst two meals—that's a fifteen hundred calorie meal each time. That's a big fucking meal. So uh, it's interesting to me this whole like. You know, you know, I, I want to be able to eat so much more food and maintain and this and that. It's just fascinating. And of course, I know yeah. today in modern times, you definitely want to be able to do that because food is constantly in our face and it's super available. It's funny to me, though, because if some shit hit the fan right now... Uh, you know, there was a huge solar flare and all the power went out and all of a sudden we went back to the stone age. Yeah. Those people would be the most fucked, right? Well, people like me would be fucked. You know, <laughs> you know,
1: yeah. You know how many rituals and things we've wrapped around food, you know? Oh so it's God. like, it, you're like the, the funniest thing. Okay. So the first time I fasted, um, you, you start to, to realize like, okay, I have a break right now on my schedule. Normally I would go get coffee and like some kind of like croissant or something or do like, and, I'm like, oh, oh, my God, what am I going to do? So much more time to do other just like, productive shit. Yeah, I know, exactly. But it's just like it's it's that thing. Like everybody has these like parts of their day that become wrapped into like I'm meeting so-and-so Susie for lunch and then, you know, and then we're going to go over here and then we need a snack and I'm going to go get some froyo, and then yeah. we're going to go get dinner and
2: then, you know, and it just adds up and it's like insane. Bro, the, the cultures around food. Look at the complexity of the meals that we make. Look at the ingredients that we throw in. Half of these ingredients do not exist on the same side of the planet. Half of the foods that we make with all these different ingredients wouldn't exist... If, uh, we didn't have fr- if we didn't have, if we didn't freaking have airplanes that could transfer the shit, <laughs> you know, I'm not gonna, I'm not right. gonna have a freaking fried chicken breast that's battered in coconut powder and fried in this particular, yeah, oil. yeah. like it just, yeah. it just wouldn't fucking exist. It's very fascinating to me. We wouldn't have those acai berries that like cure <laughs> everything. It's
1: just, it's shit. just,
2: it's very fascinating to me. Think about it this way: if I say breakfast and you were to list of food, uh, make a list of foods that we have for breakfast. We have a category of foods that we eat for breakfast. Who the hell came up with that shit? Right. Who decided <laughs> right. that these are breakfast foods and these uh, are foods marketers you- did actually. Thank you very yeah.
1: much. Yeah there there was a guy that actually he he worked for the uh, uh tobacco company. He actually came up with baking in eggs because they
2: needed to move
1: pork product. That
2: is You lo- know that, right? Exa- see, I is- actually love that guy for that, it's- by the way. <laughs> <laughs> but- it's funny to me. It's funny to me that we have so much baloney surrounding food. Yeah. When I- I'm telling you guys listening right now, everybody it's like lunch and
0: sandwiches. Everybody's gonna have bread. Everybody bread's lo-
2: part of the fucking food pyramid. That's it. Everybody, <laughs> everybody loves to eat. We all love to it's an eat. an Agenda. Everyone. But what if what if your whole day was productive, doing shit that was really productive and making relationships with people, going on walks and working or whatever, and then at night you get to have a big satisfying meal with your family. That to me, yeah. uh, just that just, to me seems. Healthier from an emotional, you know, living standpoint versus like, oh, gotta go, go get some lunch. Oop, gotta have some breakfast. Rumble. Oh,
1: I gotta stuff in some Twinkies.
2: And think about it this way: What about the meals in between your meals? Right? What about you? Okay, so I'm eating six meals a day. I already had lunch. You know, uh, so now I have to have something in between lunch and dinner. Guess what foods make up that "quote unquote" snack? Now, this is how important. This is how powerful marketers are: protein bars, powders, and processed shit. Mm -hmm. Those that was again another category invented by Mark. Well
0: wouldn't you guys say like yeah. wouldn't you guys all agree like we know like in, in the fasting guy we list all the health benefits of fasting which we all stand by 100%. Sure. But I would I would venture to say that the most beneficial thing that I have ever gotten from incorporating inner fasting is just purely the the discipline of and the 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 self control Yes. of eating your 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 self control is 100%. Yes. Your your relationship with food changes yep. by because you have because you have to follow this structure. Oh, I I can't eat for 17 hours. So you want to follow it because you want to try it out and make it, sure you do it. It breaks the mold. It does. And then also you realize Oh shit, when I get to that like yeah. nine, 10 hour die. mark, all of a sudden I'm fine. You know, yeah. have yeah. a glass of water. I keep moving on and that hunger feeling goes away. And I'm not, I'm not gonna like all of a sudden have to take a nap or I can't move anymore. <laughs> I'm totally fine. Oh, but
1: I got this conference call and I'm just not, my brain's just gonna shut off.
0: Right. And actually, what you do notice is better mental clarity, energy starts to spike. You start to see all these other benefits that come in. But more than anything else, I would have to say that it changed the relationship with food. So, you know, that that's uh one of the things why we're so big we're such big fans of it and talk about how we all utilize it is because I think that's been the biggest game changer for clients yeah. and people that I've shared it with is I'm not giving you this tool to tell you that this is a right. great way to burn a bunch of fat well, and that's lose. That's why
1: weight. I weave in and out of it because yeah. it, it does. It re- like I'll notice I'll notice if I'm on a on a pattern of just like constantly consuming uh, you know, I need to intermittent fast in order to get my body to to realize that, like, I don't need to have this, like, rigid structure of having to eat. You know, that's not like, it, that's not so important. Like, it really is just there to fuel, uh, you know, my recovery, uh, my energy, you know, think of it more from that perspective than, um, like, oh, my God, it's I noon. Know, I'm, I have I'm to, craving like, a,
2: yeah, a burger right now. Well, think about it this way, like, when, you, when you're going somewhere, think about it this way, like, oh, oh we're going to go to the beach, uh, you know, at 11. Oh, what are we going to get for lunch? Right. Like, it all revolves around, like, like you, you got to think of this. Oh yeah. My We're going to go do some well, work well, let's right just now. get it later. Yeah. Oh, guys, it's time. Yeah, right. we need to eat wait some. two hours. We need what? to eat some food. No, you don't. Yeah. You don't have yeah. to. Just drink some water. It You'll is, be fine. Exactly. It, it It'll work around you, not the other way around. <laughs>
1: People are freaking out right now thinking about
2: that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The Big Lebowski is asking about egg yolks. Uh, oh, Mister Egg
0: Yolk, the Big Lebowski. That's all you, Egg White Waster, Dougie, Dougie Eggie, Lebowski, He's got, uh, Egg White Waster. You know what's
2: funny? Uh, this is connected. I promise you. Uh, okay. new study just came <laughs> out that shows that full fat dairy is healthier for you, better for you, and uh, helps more with fat loss than nonfat. Um, and that's connected. And I'll tell you why. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you're drinking, when you're having dairy, a lot of the nutrients that they pr- that they promote in dairy. Um, need fat to be soluble for your body to absorb. So eating eating all this fat-free stuff, you actually, you might as well be drinking nothing or just protein and some, you know, lactose or sugar. Uh, Same thing with the egg. Uh, There's nutrients in the egg white, but it's pales in comparison to the nutrient density of the egg yolk. The egg yolk also has protein like the white does, but it also has fat. And the fat in the egg yolks... Uh, you need. It's good for you. Um, it also contains cholesterols. And there are now several studies showing that, well, first of all, uh, cholesterol has been removed off of the list of nutrients of concern. That's the official uh, now standpoint of the of our own government, finally. So don't worry about eating cholesterol. Is it going to make you you know uh, contribute to poor health or not? It won't. Um, but there's a lot of studies that show that eating and increasing cholesterol intake in the short term, in like the two or three month period, will give you a boost of strength and i've experimented with myself mm-hmm. and this is 100% true if i eat you know 1000 uh, you know uh, milligrams of cholesterol a day which is you know that's something like 5 to 6 eggs a day which isn't a whole lot but i'll do that for a few days in a row i get stronger every time i do it um, cholesterol is also essential to form certain nutrients uh, when you go out in the sun you make vitamin d if you don't have good cholesterol you're not going to make very good vitamin d from the sun um, and we do know now that a lot of people are testing low because most of us live indoors um, with, with the vitamin D. So cholesterol, the fats, the nutrients that are found in egg yolks, yeah. If you're throwing anything away, you throw the white away. I swear to God. If you have to throw something of the egg besides the shell, throw the white away because the yolk is mm. worth way more than the white is. Now, ideally, you eat the whole egg. Um, for me personally, you know, Adam was just making fun of me because I throw the white away. The reason why I throw the white away isn't because you know I'm being an asshole about it and I'm like, oh, fuck that, I'm just going to eat the yolk. It's because uh, I when you have an intolerance to eggs, if eggs bother you, some people will notice that they'll break out when they eat eggs or they'll get gassy or they'll have gastro distress. Many times it's due to the white, not the yolk. So I can eat only so many whites before it bothers me, but I can eat the hell out of yolks and they don't bother me at all. And this is because there are certain antibodies that are present within the white of the egg uh, and f- and the reason why they're there is because the white is there to protect the yolk. That's why there's an egg white. Um, and when you cook the egg, it does destroy some of those antibodies, but not all of them. So egg whites are a much bigger allergen for people with egg allergies and a much bigger intolerance for people with egg intolerances. So uh, try it. Try just eating egg yolks and see how much better you feel. I think a lot of you who have intolerances will find that the yolk is much better for you. Plus, it's better anyway. It's got all the stuff you want in it.
1: I immediately think of uh, you know starting a business in contrast to those egg white-only businesses and be like, hey, let's work out a deal, man. Egg a- <laughs> a- a- <laughs> yolk only? I'll take the yolks. <laughs> you can have the whites.
2: Well, I'll tell you what. Uh, studies will show post-exercise. Cholest- so cholesterol is uh, very integral in the muscle building and muscle recovery process. And they'll show uh, intramuscular cholesterol Um, will drop post-workout and part of recovery is in replenishing that. And I have theorized now for a long time, and I don't have anything supporting this yet, but I've been experimenting with myself and I've had clients do this, post-workout consuming a food that's high in cholesterol. And I have found better strength gains um, and better recovery as a result. Um, It doesn't have to happen right after your workout, but sometime later in the day having that cholesterol will aid, my theory is will aid in the recovery process. So... Very interesting. It's awesome stuff. Yeah. Listen, uh, check out some of our testimonials on mindpumpmedia.com. Uh, some pretty amazing uh, results people are getting following some of our programs, like our MAPS Anabolic and MAPS Performance Program. You heard us talking about the fasting guide. If you're going to fast, do it Right. Uh, just not eating is not fasting. That's just right. not eating, and it's not good for you. Uh, the fasting guide is also available at mindpumpmedia.com. And if you want more detailed information on some of the stuff we, we talk about, you can find us on Instagram. You can find me at mindpumpsal. You can find Adam at mindpumpadam. You can find Justin at mindpumpjustin. And you can find the Mind Pump Show.